Lucky you. 36 best holes in golf. Alternate Shots Podcast. Barney's Army. Where we talk about golf. Sandy. Poker. James Bond. Horse racing. Double. Classic movies. Zenyatta. We have no script. Down the stretch they come. We are glad you joined us. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. (laughs) If you like our content, we ask you to please hit the subscribe button and hit the bell icon. You'll be aware of all the new episodes that come onto the channel. All right, record, record, record. Billy Regan, it is the almost the eve of the famous Traverse Stakes coming up in Saratoga, and we're looking from above like we're in a hovercraft or a drone or on a pelican at the Saratoga racetrack. What do we got going this weekend on Saturday? Hopefully we'll be floating on air uh, after cashing big tickets and seeing the same view. Um, but Saturday is the Traverse Stakes for three-year-olds. They call it the Summer Derby. The Triple Crown is over. The Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont Stakes have all been decided. And uh, ironically, all this year, all those three races were won by three different horses. And they're all three facing each other in this Summer Derby in the Traverse on Saturday. We're on this drone. What the heck are we looking at? I've never been to Saratoga. You have. I know this is a fan favorite from uh, Mo Della Porta, the legendary almost 70-year employee at Wingfoot. He used to go up there in the summers. Tell us the, the things that you remember about the track as if you were there last week. Well, the track is a mile and an eighth. Uh, for instance, the Belmont track is a mile and a half, so it's a smaller track. This race that they're running on Saturday will be running at a mile and a quarter, so it'll start back in the stretch and go whoop all the way around plus an eighth of a mile. You see the pond in the middle there of the uh, of the picture. In that pond, there's a canoe. And <laughs> each year, it, it gets painted in the colors of the Travers winner. There has been times when it was attempted to be stolen or guys went in to try and paint different stuff. So they've secured it. It's a historical uh, piece. But it's that's just one of the you know wonderful traditions of Saratoga over the years. Well, they're colors. They, they paint the canoe the colors of that stable. British Open trophy for a year or the PGA. Right. Trophy. Yeah. So, but like I say, over the years, you know, uh, there used to be a 28 day meeting up there, very high class courses. Now it's turned into six weeks and it's become much more popular and much more crowded. And like a lot of things in life, you know, it lost some of its charm, but it still has, you know, a lot of tradition and a lot of meaning. And this race, more than any race that ever runs at Saratoga, the Travers, is the most important race of the season up there. And like I was saying, for the first time that I know of, three Triple Crown horses, winners, not that they won the Triple Crown, the Belmont Stakes winner, the Preakness Stakes winner, the Kentucky Derby winner, all three different horses are facing off against each other in this Travers, and not one of them will be the favorite. The favorite will be, once again, Forte, who has been the favorite in probably seven of the 10 or 12 races that he's run. He's run nine races. He's been the favorite one, two, three, four, five, six times out of nine races. <clears throat> and he won the times he wasn't the favorite. So he's going to be the favorite. Everybody likes him. He has a win over Saratoga and the Jim Dandy on a sloppy track at a mile and an eighth. This is going to be a mile and a quarter. So he's going to go a little longer, the, the derby distance. But he'll be favored. And he'll be trying to come from behind. He's going to have to beat the number two horse, Archangelo, who just won the Belmont Stakes in a mile and a half for his third straight victory. He's looking for his fourth straight victory. 
in my opinion, I think this might be the horse to beat. I'm I'm not going to be alone in that. Next to Archangel Hill, also be coming from behind is Tappet Trice, who's a long shot trained by Todd Pletcher, who also trains Forte. He's in with a shot, but he's going to come from off the pace. If the race falls apart, maybe he'll pick up some of the pieces. I doubt he'll win. Then there's Mage, who has lost to National Treasure once and Forte twice, but he did win the Kentucky Derby. He gets another jockey. He gets Luis Saez back on him. Castellano rode him the last three races. I don't think he's going to win, but he's you can never discard the Kentucky Derby winner. Then we get to National Trevor, Treasure, the Bob Baffert speedball, who will try and win this race from the from wire to wire. Maybe yes, maybe no. He seems to be the real speed of the race, so if no one challenges him, he could be a, a problem. But that was also true in the Belmont, and he faded to sixth at a mile and a half. I don't know that he wants this distance. He did win the Preakness at a mile and three-sixteenths. On the front end, he held on by a head uh, over Blazing Sevens and Mage closing in on him. He, you know, he's a live shot because he's Baffert, who always is live, and he's a front runner, which is always good. If no one if no one runs with him, he could be a problem. The next horse is interesting, Disarm, traded by Steve Asmussen, the, the world's uh, winningest trainer of all time. He's got more wins than he runs all over the place, all different tracks. Got a great jockey, Jose Rosario, on him. Um, he's got a shot. He's got some big numbers, and they've been getting better. His last three races, although they were fourth, first, and fourth, were pretty big numbers. But he lost to Forte and Mage in the two losses. He's got a long shot chance. And then we have a newcomer named Scotland, who's trained by William Mott, who has a 15% win percentage up at Saratoga. This horse has uh, is uh, four races. He's also got speed. He came in second once. He won the other three races. His numbers are also getting better all the time. He's a, he's a they call Saratoga the graveyard of favorites, <laughs> and <clears throat> that's quite possibly going to be true here. But it's going it. This horse has to beat a lot of pretty good horses to to upset this field. What's ironic about this field is that I think Archangelo has beaten both. He's beaten Forte. Forte has lost to Archangelo. Archangelo is the only horse in the race who hasn't lost to these triple crown horses, except for the guys who didn't run in it, like Scotland. Scotland hasn't faced these horses before. Archangelo did not run in the Derby, nor did, uh, didn't run in the Preakness, correct? He did not. We were talking about that. We were all over May, uh, Forte in the Derby, and then Forte was pulled out pretty quick. And we didn't go to Mage like idiots. We didn't go to Mage like we weren't listening to our own podcast. And we, yeah, and, and but they, in fairness, that's yeah. in that's in keeping with the, uh, us being two dopes doping out these races. Yeah. My money will be on Archangelo. The horse has proven he can win. He can, he's proven he can win at a distance. He actually won the Belmont Stakes at a mile and a half in – Pretty good time, um, not ridiculous time, but easily. He won it easily. He drifted a little bit at the end, but he won easily. And his numbers have gone. There's a there's a speed number. They call it the buyer uh, speed figure. Andy Buyer developed some kind of system that rates horses based on speed, class, and 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 Love different things for horses. Well, he yeah, and and he assigns numbers to these races to these horses. You know, the higher, the better. And if you're in the hundreds, that's pretty good. 
And Arcangelo has gone from from first race to this race, 53 to 70 to 84 to 97 to 102. So he's just been getting in buyer's numbers better and better and better. And like I say, the last four races he won, and he won them, you know, pretty well, the, one of them by a head, but the other two were pretty easily. I think this is going to be a serious threat to Forte in the stretch. I think the two of them will be coming. I think Archangelo will run sooner. He'll make an earlier move at trying to catch National Treasure, who I believe will have the lead, unless Scotland runs him into the ground. That could happen. We don't know about Scotland yet. He could be a lot better than we've seen. He's, he's Like I said, it's only his fifth race, and the horses tend to improve. He's, he's He hasn't shown any weakness yet, so he's going to be interesting. What a question. Seems like you've gone over to the female trainer's side of things. Is it the Archangelo's trainer a female? Yes, she is, but like she poker. to ever want a, a trainer to win at Belmont? To win the Belmont, yes, but not to win, to win the Belmont Stakes, right? And, uh, to win any Triple Crown race, but any Triple Crown race that and and this trainer that wasn't a fluke. This is a really accomplished trainer. She's unbelievable. Why did she not enter? Why did she not enter Archangelo in the Derby or the Preakness? Because she is such a good trainer, she didn't think the horse was ready yet, and she she prepped it for the Belmont, and then you know stole all the cookies. And just so, you know, I know there's a lot of hype about the woman trainer thing. Horse racing like poker, the better doesn't care what yeah. color, what sex, or anything else the trainer is. And, you know, just just to make it clear, this is not the first successful woman in horse racing. Linda Rice has been winning training titles in New York for years and years. She's a very successful trainer. And there are many others. Uh, there's a new one, Sherry DeVoe, who worked under Chad Brown, who's very successful. Women are very prevalent. Uh, maybe they're getting more notice now through the media than, than they got before. But for me as a handicapper, I have never been deterred by a, a woman trainer for any reason whatsoever. I look at the horse. I look at the trainer's record. I look at the trainer's style. So Linda Rice is excellent about picking spots for her horses, so she trains at a high percentage. She's flirting with the title at Saratoga against the, you know, Chad Brown, who's a monster trainer. Todd Fletcher is a monster trainer. So make no mistake about it. Women are equal on every level in horse racing. Uh, you know, maybe they'll get more opportunities as a result of, of Jenna uh, Anatucci or Linda Rice or someone, but They've been in there for a while pitching, and the big thing is you need the owners, the big-time owners, to start giving them the big-time horses. And uh, Archangelo seems to be one of those right now. I really don't see a limit to hit to this horse's success. So if Archangelo, let's reverse the clock, was in the, the Derby and won the Derby as the first um, Triple Crown event uh, that the trainer ever had, would you be a big better on Archangelo, who would be entering in the Preakness? The answer is yes, right? Yes, yeah. yes. So this is just, they. she entered in the last of the three Triple Crown races, her horse, Archangelo. She felt the horse was ready. She prepped, she skipped the Derby and then ran in the Peter Pan on May 13th, which was a week after the Derby. And, you know, she must have had the horse ready for that. And the horse won by a head in a, a decent time. <clears throat> 
you know, again, he hasn't run the horse since the Belmont, right? No, not since the Belmont, but the workouts are very good. This would be the fourth. So she won two races before the Belmont was the third. This would be the fourth in a row. And that's, that's not, that's not unusual for a champion horse, right? No, not unusual at all. In fact, it's, it's common. I mean, it's not common for a horse to be that good, but for a good horse to start winning and keep winning, that's, this will not be the first time that's happened. In fact, Scotland might be the another one just like that. Scotland has only run four races, first, second, first, first in the, in that order, and and getting better too. There's not there's not enough information about Scotland yet to know if he can handle this level of of horse. He hasn't faced any of this level yet. Not that he's been running against lousy horses, but he has not been running against Forte or. National Treasure or Mage. U.S. Open, the L.A. Country Club U.S. Open. We got Wyndham Clark. That could, yeah, more like it. Uh, that could yeah. Be, yeah, that could be your Scotland in this race, right? Yeah, if he's coming into his own, which he well may be. All right, accomplished professional Wyndham Clark had just not accomplished anything in the majors to date, and boom, he wins. And he did. And yeah. he some impressive competitors coming down the stretch, right? And it's not, it's not, it's not nothing to uh, to remember that this is the graveyard of favorites. Every year for decades, it's, it got it's got a reputation, even going back to Affirmed and Alidar, where Alidar ended up winning the Travers, and the, they called it the Travers D because there was a disqualification. There was all kinds of hanky-panky going on on the racetrack with the jockeys riding Affirmed out. Lafitte Pinquet cut over after Angel Cordero drove him to the outside. He cut over too soon and cut Alidor off, so they they disqualified him. I think he was the best horse that day, but he 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 did uh, infringe on Alidor, his longtime rival. Would you then there was a year Jimmy Jerkins ran first and second. You know, all sorts of stuff happens, and all kinds of prices have happened at at Saratoga. Do we have jockeys in this race that are like those that you just mentioned from the the past, who are kind of like do anything to win type of jockeys? We have uh, one named Irad Ortiz, who's the leading jockey up there, a high percentage jockey. Uh, he he's a, he wins 20% of the time up there this year. He will be the leading jockey there. He, he usually is. Uh, I don't want to say that he's uh, – let, let's just say he's a rough rider. Rough rider. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what? Why? And, do, he's, and he's had to face the stewards for it more than once. So this is kind of this is kind of our chance to kind of plug in a golf uh, angle here. You're a Zach Johnson here, and let's say it's Sunday, and you've got to fill out these other six spots. You got six that are in. Okay. Now you got to decide. Uh, you know these other six people that are going to play: Ricky Fowler, and uh, Justin Thomas, and let's say. Um, what's the guy's name that won the two? Um, gosh, he won two tournaments in a row up until this last one. What was his name? Glover. Yeah. So you got Lucas Glover, Ricky Fowler, and Justin Thomas. Okay. And you've got two spots left to fill. Let's say the others are gone. And let's say you've already put in Bruce, uh, Bruce Brooks Kepka, which by the way, Scotty Scheffler was interviewed. Okay. After this last tournament. And he said, listen, guys, and they said, do you think Brooks Kepka should be on the team? And you know what he said? Very interesting. Now, he can't play in the PGA Tour events 
which count money, which give you the automatic inclusion for the American team, right? On the FedEx Cup points. Yeah. That he was 30 points short. So that's $30,000. If he had played in one tour event this year, not, not the majors, he, oh, he would have to make the cut. dollars and he would have been an automatic pick. I think this guy, um, Cantley, birdied 17 and 18 to, to change things and Kepka got pushed out from the top six to the seventh in the world in the ranking. So, all right, so let's assume Kepka's in there. Now you've got three players left and you're sitting there. It's getting late. The coffee pot's cold now and your wife's saying, you got to go to bed. You got to get on a press announcement on Monday morning at eight o'clock with the you know, the guys that are the literati, the, the the executives from the PGA Tour and come up with your team. Who are you picking? Lucas Glover, Justin Thomas, and Ricky Fowler. I got to pick two of, two of those. Uh, You're Sophie's choice. Wow. Now, remember, I, I, remember, I, I would lean towards remember you for this pick. If you win, nobody's going to remember you made this pick. If you lose, they're going to say, ah, oh, Billy, you should have <laughs> Should have stuck to the races and just lost my money there. I go with Ricky Fowler because I think Ricky has figured something out. I think Butch Harmon has helped him figure something out. I mean, he's not going to win all the time, but he can hit the ball and he can putt lights out. So I would pick Ricky Fowler just on the fact that I think he's on the rise. And Justin Thomas has just got a really good record at, in match play, doesn't he? I, he's got he, the best. His match play record is enormous. But yeah, he's, play, he's 154th in strokes game driving. And apparently, I think, I think he's got to drive the ball pretty well. Yeah. I think Justin Thomas would say, don't pick me at this point, if he was being honest. So hmm. I would go with Fowler and Lucas Glover. Glover. I mean, this guy Glover hasn't won all year. He's won of late, but he's a striker of the ball. And they say the guys, when you look at the, when they, Talked to some of the European guys last week. They said it's important to hit greens at this golf course. I guess it's hard to get it up and down if you miss these greens. We'll find out during the Ryder Cup. So right. you're, you're, you've got three picks. Who are your two picks? Fowler and Glover. Fowler and Glover. Okay. Not to be uh, controversial, but I'm going to pick Justin Thomas and Fowler. Um uh, I'm going to go down with the chalk, not to say that Luke, Lucas Glover isn't great and so forth. And uh, he just might make that team anyway, but right. he's hot now. He didn't win this week, so he didn't win three in a row. And it's, as they say, five weeks from now until the, the gun goes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that can happen in your game. Yeah. And uh, that could mean Ricky and Justin and Lucas all get better. But we'll see. All right, so let's go back to racing. We're in Saratoga, New York. Beautiful spot here. One thing I did notice on this picture, where does everybody park? I don't see any parking lots. Like at the horse there's, race, there's parking lots in New York. It just looks like the Forest Hills, Queens, when they used to have the tennis tournaments there, and you parked in somebody's backyard. <laughs> well, there is a lot of backyard parking. And Saratoga lives for this two months now. I mean, the restaurants boom, the town booms, and there is – Ten twenty dollar, you know, per car in everybody's backyard within a, you know a square mile of the place. I fortunately have a very good friend, an old friend who lives a block from the track. I park at his driveway, and walk across. He lives across from the National Racing Museum, 
You going? But there's a lot of parking on site also. You think I just can't see it? You're going to go up. No, I don't. I'm not going. It's it, this is too many people for me. I I I'll watch it from a bird's eye view with my computer. I won't be waiting online at the windows. But I've been to the Travers, you know, 15 times, probably maybe 20. It's a great day, and and you know, not for nothing either. The other races that day are are incredibly good. There's five or six really good stakes races that day. With some really good horses, Elite Powers running, uh, awesome sprinter, uh, Echo Zulu's running, another awesome sprinter. This is going to be a good race. And then there's a mile and a half grass race with a bunch of turf horses. It, it, it'll be a big day up there. But so if we're betting, the keep in mind the graveyard of favorites. Do not be afraid to bet long shots if you like them. All right. So this is the grave. Say that again. I stepped on you. Graveyard of favorites. And it got that name for a reason. It constantly over Secretariat lost there. Secretariat might have lost there twice. All right. So, so let's come to the punchline here. I'm going to give you two two bets that you, I don't want to go into all your bets. Give me who you think is going to win. And then what are the three horses that you would box for an exacta? I'm going to play Archangelo as of now, unless something changes. Like if it gets sloppy, I, I might rethink this because Forte seemed to really like the slop. So I would play play Archangelo to win, and then I would play him in exactas with Forte. That will pay nothing. Right. But here's where I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm going to skip the other horses and go right to Disarm and put him in the exacta. Disarm's going to be a long shot, and he's under the radar. And he, like, like I said, he's trained by Steve Asmussen, the leading trainer of all time. And there's a reason for that, too. And he's got a real good jockey. I don't think Asmussen puts him in if he doesn't think he has a chance. And the horse's numbers give him a chance. He's lost to both Forte and Mage in the past. But that doesn't mean he's going to lose to them again. Scotland, I will probably include in a, in a couple of daily doubles or something like that because I'm worried about him because he's, he's the unknown. But I'm going to be focusing mostly on Archangelo and Archangelo and uh, Forte. Now, if that exacta pays more than twelve dollars, I'll probably hammer it, but I don't expect it will. Okay, so you're going to go Archangelo Forte with some variants, including disarm. Would you would you have an Archangelo Forte Scotland um, box? Yeah, yeah, because those fact, are the I'll probably box the four of them in a superfecta Forte Archangelo. Scotland and um, Disarm. My, my my worry about Scotland is National Treasure. The, if Scotland goes for the lead and National Treasure goes for the lead, Baffert trains these horses to go up front. They, they, they work out fast and they run fast. But Scotland can run fast on the front end. He ran a 111, six furlongs in a mile and an eighth race and won last time. National Treasure has not done that. National Treasure's win... At a mile and three sixteenth, he got away with a one thirteen and two six furlong. So Scotland might be faster. I that's why I'm basically leaning towards uh a horse that'll come from behind. And I think Archangelo will get the jump on Forte. I think I'll we'll see the two of them ding dong and down the stretch, those two horses. Could this be more exciting than Belmont, the Belmont stakes? Yes. Yes, this this but is the best race of the year. Yeah, this looks, I mean, we saw, we had that benefit of seeing 
the other Triple Crown events, the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont. And um, I think the Belmont was the one that was most interesting to me. But this one looks like it's going to be really, really fun. Bring your popcorn, huh? Absolutely. And again, Forte, for different reasons, missed the Derby and missed the Preakness and ran a pretty good second in the Belmont. But he was well beaten by Archangelo. He never threatened. And he got second, but he might have got second just because everybody else had had shot their wad, and and you know he came, he came from behind. He got a good, he got a good buyer speed figure for the race, and he got a better buyer speed figure in his last race, the Jim Dandy at Saratoga. He's two for three at Saratoga. That that, that horses for courses is is true at Saratoga. So, do not dismiss Forte lightly if you, but you're not going to get any any price on him. All right. So again, I say graveyard of favorites. I'm hoping that's true. I'm I'm hoping Archangelo wins like, this race. I like the box of Forte and Archangelo with the Scotland and Disarm. So a um, couple quick things. Please subscribe to the podcast if you like this contact. Second content, please subscribe to the podcast, Alternate Shots podcast, if you like our content. Yeah, it doesn't cost anything to subscribe. That's a misleading word, subscribe, but we could use the uh, YouTube created that, not us. And right. use, the, use the bell icon, because if you click on the bell icon every week as we come up with new stuff, you'll get notified. So, you know, when there's fresh content. But seriously, you need to go take a look at the Tom Neaporty episode that rolled out this week too, earlier this week. Yeah. And we're, we're going to follow up with some more on Tom Neaporty because one episode wasn't enough, even though there was, I think there were two parts to it. Wasn't enough. There's more We're to follow, including Joey Neaporty, and you're going to get some spice on top of your chili with yeah. Joe. John's great. Joey's going to be great. But there's some great swing analysis that a class A head pro, John Neaporty, has done showing you Tom Neaporty's self made swing. As John Neaporty said, Tom, his father, never took a lesson. And his oh. swing by numbers of people have been compared is precisely uh, to Sam slamming Sammy Sneed swing, right? Yeah, and, and Tom Neaporty is just, was just such a great guy, a, a true gentleman. I mean, a true gentleman. Uh, my parents were very strict, kind of polite people. And uh, what I would say was uh, Tom, Tom Neaporty would not have to have been brief to have dinner with my parents. <laughs> well, it's all ice cream and cake. Uh, According to um, according to Colin Burns, who I heard from this week, he's looking forward to this episode of uh, Tom Neaporty. Colin Burns, of course, the 30-year manager at Wingfoot, the legendary country club manager. Now he's the manager at Apogee, uh, the general manager and COO of Apogee here down in Florida. He said he loved to have uh, lunch with Tom Neaporty. At the end of lunch, Tom would say, hey, it's got to be somebody's birthday Birthday today. Hey, it's got to be somebody's birthday today. Let's, Let's have, have some cake. cake. Yep. And his, <laughs> his, his, his Achilles heel was chocolate cake. And so he had cake every time. He's welcome here. That's my, that's my Achilles heel. I love chocolate cake. In fact, I had a friend at Wingfoot the other day who said, are you still ordering chocolate cake after lunch every day? So in the, in the, Traverse, the 2023 Traverse Stake at Saratoga. Get your bets in, and we'll see where we are next week when we catch up. Billy, this has been great. Yeah, just remember, this is two dopes doping out the Traverse. So, you know, 
put it's your money. You do what you want with it, but don't blame me when when uh, you miss the bet on Archangelo and he comes in. Don't, don't blame me if you bet him and he doesn't come in. You Basically, don't, don't blame me. You don't want any calls or text messages or shoot phone <laughs> messages either on Saturday. You're going to be busy adjusting yeah. to weather conditions and whatever may come up between now. And yeah, the- open an account on Naira Bets or uh, TVG or Twin Spires or any place like that. You can make your own bets. $2 bets. Yeah, whatever. It's a lot more fun to watch when you have a couple of bucks on it. Any last thoughts on the the Travers and Saratoga? It sure looks beautiful here. I just, you know, it's one of the it's one of the big days of the year for me as a fan. You know, it would be like a playoff game for a football fan or a World Series for a baseball fan. For horse racing fans, the Travers, the Triple Crown, the Breeders' Cup—that's basically the big ones. But what's so really good about the Travers and some of the other days like that is. The surrounding races. So you're not just going for one inning. There's 13 races that day, and there's probably six stakes races, all very competitive, all very good races, all very good horses. It's going to be a banner day at Saratoga. Hopefully the weather holds up. Hopefully the wallet holds up, and hopefully Archangelo holds up. All right, Billy, we'll see what happens. It looks like a lot of fun. Thanks a lot for educating this dope here on horse racing. <laughs> Take care, ma'am. Bye. That was pretty good. I hope I recorded it. I'll find out in the second. <laughs> End meeting. Thanks for joining Billy us Casper. today. Billy Horner. We really appreciate your Double feedback. Indemnity. And please. Marky. Subscribe to the show and hit the bell icon so you get notified. Movie classics. New episodes. Mark Gable. Hit them hard and hit them off. That's 36 holes.